Got your Bibles? Amen. Y'all like doing sword drills? We won't maybe not do them tonight, but um, I loved doing that as a kid. Having sword drills. Man, I was serious about that thing. And uh, did, I, did I get this on, Brother Chris? All right. And uh, so I'm going to tell you what we're going to do tonight. We're going to look at a very well-known passage of Scripture. We're going to look in 2 Timothy chapter 3 tonight. And I want to bring just a very practical, helpful um, thought tonight. Uh, we want to look at uh, the work of the Word of God. And then we just want to give some practical, just very practical instructions on, I think, some things that would be helpful in how to listen to God's Word, to how to prepare for preaching. Uh, you know, this is a new year. And when you come to church, uh, there's a lot of reasons we come to church, but Obviously, we believe in the primacy of preaching. God says that it's through the power, the foolishness of preaching. Um, so we, we understand, but I'm afraid sometimes, I'll be honest, even as a child, a boy, a teenager, if I would have been given some of these helpful things, so you say, well, Pastor, I know these things. Well, you pass them along to somebody else. If I'd have been, and I was taught a lot of practical things, but um, I thought maybe if I would have been taught some of these practical things as a young man, to help me early on in life, maybe to how to listen to God's word, how to listen to preaching, how to apply some things to my life would have been much, much helpful. Uh, let's look at 2 Timothy. We'll start in chapter 3, and then I want to run over and just read one verse in the book of Romans. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, look what the Bible says. Yea, and all, notice that word all, that will live godly in Christ Jesus doesn't say might, maybe, shall suffer persecution. That means us too. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child... Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. That word perfect there means mature, thoroughly furnished in all good works. So when you go into a house, you don't want to buy, if you're going to have a house, you're going to, you're going to put furniture in it. You're going to furnish it. And we understand the things that furnishes our lives, that gives us the resource in the Christian life, is the scripture. It's our resource. Now, I want to just read one verse over here in Romans. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it, but you can, of course you know the verse. But in verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's pretty important. If we're going to, uh, faith comes by hearing. We're going to be strengthened by hearing the word of God. Our faith is strengthened. By the way, faith cometh. It, initially, it comes by hearing the word of God. But also it cometh as we continue to hear the word of God and grow. I said to someone the other day, why do you send your children to school? Well, you send them to school so they'll learn. They'll mature. Well, that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons why we should come to church is we're coming to grow, we're coming to mature, we're coming to be furnished. We're coming 
uh, to be uh, to grow, to learn, to be educated, to be instructed. It's very important. Can someone be saved and never attend a church service? Sure. Sure they can. But that's not God's desire for them. He wants them to grow. It's not normal for a baby to remain a baby. And it's not normal for a Christian to remain a baby Christian. It's normal for a Christian to grow and to become more mature. How do you do that? By faith. And by your faith growing by what? The Word of God. Studying it. Meditating upon it. Reading it. Sharing it. Applying it to our lives. So this this verse, this passage of scripture in 2 Timothy emphasizes the word of God. We, we, we talk about it. Really, we could just say this. This is the work of the word of God. The work of the word of God. Uh, when we have the Bible in our hands and hide it in our hearts, God promises us that there is a certain work that the word of God will accomplish. There's a certain work, not that I promise you. I don't promise you what God's work will do. God promises you what his work will do in your life. And we find it here in 2 Timothy. Now this is the work of the word of God. What is the work of the word of God? I want you to notice the list here tonight. Look at verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which what? Are able to make thee wise unto salvation. This is very simple. This is the very beginning. This is the, 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 the beginning line, the starting line. The scripture is so important because it makes us wise unto salvation. That is a work of the Word of God. It is to see people saved. People are going to get saved because they read the Word of God. They hear the Word of God. That is one of the works of the Word of God. By the way, that's why the Lord Jesus came, was a seeking to save that which is lost. So there's no greater work that this Word will accomplish than save a man's soul. I've heard people say, well, you saved me. Well, look, nobody, nobody saves you. God saves you. I'll never forget, I heard a story of uh, someone, a drunk, was walking down the street in New York City, ran into D.L. Moody, he said, oh, he said, I know you. And D.L. Moody looked at him and said, how do you know me, sir? He said, you saved me a few years ago. And D.L. Moody said, yeah, you look about like something I'd save. Now, I know what people mean by that. Oh, you saved me. No, no, no. Somebody might have led you to the Lord, but no man saves another man. It's the Word of God. The Word of God brings conviction to our hearts. That gives us the truth. The Scripture makes us wise that we need a Savior. By the way, that's, not, that's why the Bible's not very important today in this society. They don't like to be told they're wrong. Nobody likes to be told that they're a sinner and that the wages of their sin is death. And if they don't trust Christ as their Savior, they're going to have to pay for their sin because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But I'm thankful the gift of God is eternal life. Now who told me that? The Scripture. Greatest news I ever heard. How about y'all? It's the work of the Word of God. So we see that the Scripture gives us salvation. We also notice this. Notice what else? It says it makes us wise in the salvation. But look at verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That phrase inspiration of God means God breathed. Now that means God's word originated with man. It originated with God. It did not originate with man. Man recorded God's word. But they were not the author of God's word. God breathed. In other words, it originated with God. If God did not inspire His Word, we would not have His Word today. 
So we understand that all Scripture has been given of inspiration of God. And notice this, and is profitable. Now here are the works of the Word of God. The first thing here is it teaches us doctrine. That's very important. Very important. What does that word mean, doctrine? That means our beliefs and our teachings. Do you know it matters what you believe and what you're taught? Do you know it matters what your children is, what they believe and what they're taught? Where do we get our sole practice or sole authority for our practice here? What do we believe and teach? I am thankful. Have you ever listened? You notice something about preachers that stand behind this pulpit. Do you know a phrase that they say often and I'm glad they say it? And the Bible says. 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 And the Bible says, I would say in a year's time, you're going to hear that phrase more than anything, and I'd get nervous if I was in a church and never heard that phrase. Why? It's not my doctrine, it's not my belief, it's not what I'm teaching, it's not what I come up with. This is God's Word. What we believe and teach here comes from God's Word. Now listen to me, if I believe there was something closer to what God's Word taught, I'd leave this one tonight and go find it tomorrow. I would. I'm not here because my grandma and grandpa came here. I'm not here because that's what somebody told me that I need to be a Baptist. I want to tell y'all something. I believe what this church preaches and teaches is the closest truth to the Bible that you'll find. If I didn't believe that, I'd leave this one right now tonight and I'd go join it tomorrow. And by the way, I want to go another step. I wasn't always this. I wasn't born in this. I became a Baptist by conviction. And I appreciate and love the people that I grew up with. And they were some wonderful people. And I was taught some wonderful truths. And we don't disagree on much. But there are a few cardinal things that I would maybe vary on with the church that I grew up in. And I didn't throw stones and throw rocks and talk bad about those people when I joined the Baptist church. But I want you all to know something. I believe we are a biblical, scriptural church. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. Why? Because I believe we teach and preach the doctrine that comes from the Bible. That's the work of the Word of God. Then we say that it does what else? It tells us right there and it reproves us. Now, I don't like this, but here's one of the works of the Word of God. You know what it means to be reproved. That's correction. You know what God tells us when we read the Word of God sometimes? Where we're wrong. You know what we don't like? We don't like being told we're wrong. That's why a lot of people don't like the Bible. They don't like that reproof. They want the blessings. They want the old, the pats on the shoulders. They don't like us being telling us. We don't like reading words and scripture that tell us and reprove us. I don't know anybody that likes to be reproved. Do you? If you do, would you come up here and sign my Bible after church? Nobody likes to be reproved. But you know what? It's necessary. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Notice this, for correction. Now, here's what I love about the Bible. He not only tells us where we're wrong, here's what it means to correct us. It tells us how to get it right. Can I help every parent here just a minute? Don't just get on to your children for what they did wrong. Help them to do it right. Teach them what to do right. Don't just get on them. I told you not to do that. Okay, well, tell them what to do. Tell them how to do it. 
Explain to them how to do it. Take the time like the Bible does us. God just doesn't smack us on the hand and say, don't you do that. No, I'm thankful Scripture tells us how to do it right. How to correct it. See, a lot of times we think, okay, right now, I got on to him. Well, what, how'd you help him? Well, what do you mean? Well, I told him he did wrong. Well, all right, you told him he did wrong, but how did you help him? Well, I just told him he did wrong. Well, you didn't help him. If that's all God ever did is just tell us everything we've done wrong and not correct us and tell us how to do it right, then he's wasted time. So have we as parents. Same way around here. If all we ever do is get on these children and that's all we ever do is just get on to them, we're not doing what God wants us to do because all we're doing is just getting on to them. We're reproving them, but reproof's just one part. I'm glad God just didn't give us a Bible and tell us a bunch of don'ts, tells us not to do this, and then he reproves us when we don't do it. No, he tells us how to get it right. I'm thankful the Word of God helps us to do it right. He tells us how, we, we need to, how we're wrong, but He also tells us how we're right. And then quickly, He instructs us in righteousness. There's another work of the Word of God. Living right is the way of life. A spiritual maturity. That's, that's what God's desire. The Word of God will help us to live as a mature, wise Christian. So that's the work of the Word of God. Now quickly, well, I don't have to go too quick. Man, it's just 730 did y'all, hey, look, don't y'all get used to it. Y'all know I was sick Sunday night because I let y'all out 20 minutes early. Did y'all catch that? Somebody said we thought you was going to be in quarantine this week. Man, I don't know what happened. I got a good night's rest and I woke up and I was fine the next day. But man, I was feeling rough Sunday. Now that's the work of the Word of God. Now let's consider, and I know this might be elementary, but I think these are helpful things. I'm going to ask you to pin out. I'm going to ask you to take notes. Just write some things down. If you don't have a pen tonight, then get the CD or listen to it online later and get these little thoughts because I think we ought to learn how and just to be emphasizing again how we can consider how we are to listen to the preaching of the Word of God because I want to say this. If we believe the Word of God has a work for us to do, then when we come to church and we this year and we're going to come separate ourselves from all the hustle and bustle of the world to come in here to listen to some man preach and yell and scream. It's got to be more than that. We've got to emphasize some things that will help us to allow preaching the Word of God to do the most effect in our hearts and lives. These are simple things. Number one, are you all ready? Simple. These are simple things. Number one, desire to know the Lord and ask Him to make Himself known to you. Desire to know the Lord. Desire to know, what does the Lord want for me? To know Him. How can I know Him better? By listening to this message. Because if someone is expounding God's Word, they are expounding the, the attributes of God. They are revealing to you who God is. How He thinks. His Word. His motives. And so it's important that before we ever come and get ready to receive God's Word, if it is the work that God has for us, He wants to do a work with the Word of God, then we must be prepared. We must desire to know the Lord, to make Himself known unto us, and we've got to prepare our hearts to hear. Now look, we all fail here, and I know I probably should preach this on a Sunday. We have a lot of families here. If you have children... This is a tough thing sometimes. I make a joke about it. But uh, there's been times that I know people pulled up in the parking lot. The husband and wife's been chippy with each other the whole evening. They've been trying to get...
children together. Maybe the husband's done something that's got on the wife's nerve. Or maybe the wife's been in the bathroom, you know, or the vanity there for the last hour trying to get her hair and everything just right. And maybe the children's shoes hasn't been found. And everybody's frustrated, so they got to get to church. So they're riding down a road, and both of them are kind of sniffing with one another. And then they're just kind of getting a little fussed. And they pull in the parking lot, and they open the door. And all of a sudden, they see the preacher say, Oh, hey, preacher, praise the Lord, we're here. And then you honestly expect to walk in those doors, sit down in that pew, and really be prepared to get something. No, normally what's going to happen is you're going to sit there and you're going to be going, boy, I wish I could nudge him or her right now. They need this. And then we wonder sometimes when we walk out of a church service and there's been a good message preached and the reason we didn't receive it, we just wasn't prepared for it. Prepare your heart to hear. Now, might have been better at this earlier when our children were young. You know, we tried. That stuff happened in our car. That happened, but we tried. Laura was very good at, at getting things prepared the night before. Their clothes were laid out the night before. Things were prepared so there wasn't so much chaos on Sunday morning. That's important. So you can be prepared to hear the Word of God. Number two. These are simple things. But they're life-changing, I think. And I think I've already... Um, what was a Y'all ever seen a... Y'all ever seen one of them coon hounds when they tree a coon? Y'all know what I'm talking about? That when they get on them trees, some of you city stickers have no idea what I'm talking about, but when them... When them coon dogs get on that tree, they ain't coming off that tree because when they tree a coon... And I feel like I treed some coons tonight on that. I can just tell, because I'm not going to give anything away, but sometimes you can just tell by people's countenance that they're like, he's been around our house here lately. And you know why I've been around your house? Because I've been around mine. And I know how that thing goes, especially when you have young children, especially when the whole thing of life is so chaotic. Saturday night ought to be in preparation for Sunday morning. It will help a lot. To prepare your hearts for Sunday morning and listening to the Word of God. Number two, simple now. Listen carefully to the Word of God. I know that seems simple. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Follow along as the preacher reads. I like Brother Market when I was away. Y'all read responsibly. I, I think about... Uh, First Baptist Church of Hammond, man, Johnny Colston. I mean, I've heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of his messages. Man, Johnny Colston, they would get up, and that was just their practice there. They read responsibly. He would read, and then the preacher would get up and preach. And I think it's great because that is, it's, 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 you're following along the Word of God. We're reading the Word of God. You read along as the preacher reads. Don't just take me. Hey, look, you don't need to take any preacher and say, oh, I'm just going to believe what he says. That's why you got your Bible with you. You want to follow along. You're, you're reading God's Word. You're, you're paying attention. See, here's why. God speaks through His Word. Notice, I just gave the work of the Word of God. That's powerful to me. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. 
That right there is enough for us to speak to us the rest of the night. But if we're not desiring and our heart's not prepared to hear that, you can read it. If you're not reading along with that, you could miss something. And so the power is in the Word of God. God speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through His Word. So listen carefully to the Word of God. Number three. Now this is a big one. Listen without prejudice towards the preacher. Listen without prejudice toward the preacher. Now look, I get it. There are preachers that we enjoy listening to more so than others. I get it. I understand that. I have favorite preachers. There are some that are more eloquent than others. Some are more fluid than others. But what I'm trying to say here, but if you're not careful... You might not listen as you should because that might not be your preacher. Or that's not, he just is not my style. Well, if you're not careful, you could miss something in there because by the way, whether that's his style or not, if he's preaching the Word of God, you ought to get something. But I get it. I learned a long time ago, I don't think it's so much here. I'll be honest, I keep tabs on how many people's here when I'm gone. I know text say how many's there and I'm thankful that our church doesn't drop off but I heard years ago when the cat's away the mice will play well I'm glad that ain't true around here just because I'm not here these men that preach behind this pulpit they got the same Bible I got absolutely and if we're not ah oh, the preacher ain't gonna be the nice I ain't gonna be there well that's foolish well, the preacher's gone. So I, no, by the way, the preacher don't have the message. God's Word has the message. So we have to be careful here. By the way, I'll never forget this. Um, Mr. Pilkington, the man that we grew up under, I grew up at Riverview Chapel. They didn't really believe in a pastor. They believed in a plurality of elders. But if you would have asked me and everybody in my family, Harry Pilkington was the pastor of our church. I don't care what anybody says. Now, they wouldn't say that because they believed in a plurality of elders. But Mr. Pilkington was my pastor. If, 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 if anybody, if there was a problem, or anything, Mr. Pilkington did all the visiting. But I'll never forget, uh, he was a young preacher. And you know, young preachers sometimes, they're, they're, they're ready to go. I mean, all they need is just at the drop of the hat, they're ready to preach. And uh, he, was, he was so full of himself, he wanted to preach all the time. So he said, I was in this church one day, and he said, there was a young man up there preaching, hadn't been preaching long. And he said, the whole time he was there, he said, that young man bumbled and stumbled. And Mr. Pilkin said, I sat down there in that pew saying, I wish he would sit down and let me get up there and do that text justice. And he said, the Lord taught me something. He said, when that young man finished that message that morning, he said, a young woman, about 25 years of age, walked down the aisle and got saved. He said, the Lord convicted me and spoke to my heart that day. See, sometimes we think, well, they might not be as fluid or they might not have the rhetoric or they might not be. No, we need to be careful of being prejudiced towards a preacher. We very well might miss the very thing God wants us to have. Here's another one that goes along with this. We'll get this one down. I think these are things that need to be shared. Listen without prejudice toward the preacher. I don't care who the preacher is. Now, look, 
if so, and by the way, I think there was only been one time in 14 years that I've invited somebody to this church that I had to clear something up that he said behind the pulpit, just once. I don't like making that mistake, that's on me, but I can promise y'all this, if there's something here that needs to be corrected, I'll correct it. It's very rare, I've only had to do it once, and it was a very uncomfortable situation. But I got right up behind this pulpit with him sitting right here, and I made our position very clear. But I say that to say this, unless someone is teaching or preaching, and by the way, even that man that said something that I thought was disrespectful to our church, he said a lot of good things. So I wasn't going to throw everything away. There was a lot of good things there. So what I'm trying to say is, be careful being present. Unless someone is teaching something falsely or in error. And by the way, if someone ever gets behind this pulpit and does that, I promise you this, I'll clear it up. But just because that's not our style, or maybe he's not as fluid, or that's not my preacher, we need to be careful because if they're preaching the word of God, we need to listen because I'm going to tell you something, you could miss it. Here's the other one that goes along with this. Depend on God, not the preacher. Depend on God, not the preacher. Some people have a certain preacher. That's my preacher. That's their preacher. And I'm glad. I hope I'm your preacher. But look. Here's what some people, well, I'll tell you what, that's my favorite preacher. And if that's their favorite preacher, they're blessed. But if it's somebody else, they're not. See, here's the principle here. Do not look for the preacher to be the blessing. What is the blessing? God's word. That preacher has nothing to say unless he's expounding upon God's word. Here it is. And that from a child. Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. If a man got up and preached from that text, and by the way, I could have preached the whole night on just the work of the Word of God. And by the way, I did not go through that hurriedly. I think that's important because this is what God wants us to get from the Scripture. But these principles right here could keep us from getting them if we're not preparing our heart to get them, if we have a prejudice towards a preacher, if we're not following along in Scripture, we're really not listening to the work of the words of God, it really doesn't matter. We're missing what God has for us. And if we're looking towards the preacher and we're only coming to church to hear, you know, how many times he gives a joke or how entertaining he can be. And I'm sorry, I'm sad to say that that's what a lot of people go to church for is they just want to be entertained. They want to cry. They want to laugh. That's not the reason of coming to church. The work of the word of God is why we're here. And so I'm facilitating the work of the word of God. But if this work is going to take place in our hearts, I think some of these principles have to be emphasized in our own personal lives. 
Do not look for the preacher to be the blessing. Instead, you're looking for God's word. That's it, God's word. The Sunday school lessons, God's word. I'm thankful we have different personalities that teach God's word in this auditorium on Sunday school. I'm glad that we have the group of men that are able to teach the scripture. Not one of them are the same, and I'm thankful for that. Stuff gets monotonous. Would you all agree? But I'm going to tell you what every one of them does. They preach and teach the Word of God. And that's, that's the most important thing. So depend on God, not the preacher. Quickly now, I've got to hurry. Number five. This is simple, but man, I'm telling you right here. This is why the invitation and application is so important. You have to apply what you hear to your own life. It, look, we've, we've been in church all of our life. I grew up in church, but I'm going to tell you something. I heard hundreds of messages, and they didn't do a thing for me. And by the way, I've preached hundreds of messages, and they ain't did a thing for some people. You say, well, you're being judgmental. No, I'm just telling you the truth. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because they never did anything with it. Oh, that was a good message, Pastor. That made me cry. Well, how did it change your life? Oh, hey, well, that was a good message. You just kept me in stitches. Well, that ain't a good message. Might have been a good joke. No, look. I hear people say, well, I know that. I hear people that all the time. Well, I know what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what you know. Here's it. What are you doing with it? What makes a good message? What makes the Word of God powerful? You can quote this Bible from beginning, from Genesis to Revelation, and know every word of it. And if you don't do anything with it, you're wasting your time. If you don't apply it, what's a good message when you apply it to your own life? Not to your wife. Not to your husband. Not to your brother, not to your sister. That's not going to be helpful to you. And you know what preachers have to be careful doing? You know what I got to be careful doing? Is always trying to get messages up for somebody else. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Brother Mark? If we're not careful, here's what preachers do. They're looking for messages for somebody else. As a pastor, I'm always saying, man, how can I be helpful? But you know what I've learned? If God's word's helpful to me, it's going to be helpful to you. We've got to apply God's truth to our own life. We have to apply it. That's why the invitation is so important. The message has been given. The truth has been given. But really, the invitation is the most important time. And even if no one comes forward, it's still the most important time because that's time that you ought to be letting God speak to your heart and you're applying what you heard. And I've said this over and over and over and over. And I don't know if it's ever, I don't know if anybody's ever done it. I've never heard anybody tell me that they've done it. But I've counseled right there in my office before with counseling with a husband and wife, different things, having struggle. And one little truth, one little event, one little practice, and I don't know where you live, but if every husband and wife, after they get out of a, out of a church service on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you get in your car, and forever you're driving from this building to your house, if one of you would open up and just share with the other, this is what God spoke to me about in church today, you absolutely would have a completely rearranged, transformed family in months. I would say weeks. 
You know why? Because you are applying God's word to your heart and that's going to be contagious to your spouse. Guess what else that will be? That will be contagious to your children. You will hear them start confessing sin that you wish they would be confessing. What did you learn in children's church today, honey? And it's great to hear children even apply God's word to their heart. It's not about knowledge of what we know about the Bible. It's what we are doing with it. Apply God's word to your own life. Make application. Quickly, number six. This is simple. Bring your Bible and use it. Bring your Bible. You can't follow along if you don't have it. Now, quickly, I'll just say this. I've thought about this. I know I've told you all this before. But I grew up at Riverview Chapel, and they counted Bibles every Sunday. And every time you walked in the door, Virginia Lilly was her name. God bless her heart. I'm not not being ugly, but she had a speech impediment. And I'd, I'd love to hear it one more time. She was a sweet lady. But I was a teenager, and I'm going to be honest with you. I always went to church, never took my Bible. And I'll never forget. It was every Sunday. I'd walk in that door. Virginia Lilly would have that notepad. And she'd look at me and she'd say, you got your Bible? I said, no, I ain't got it. She went, tame, tame. Tame, tame on you. Look at me. She did it every Sunday. And you know what? It never dawned on my teenage rebellious heart. I never picked it up and brought it to church. It was every Sunday. You would think, and now I look back, I'm like, you know what Virginia Lilly was trying to tell me? Bring your Bible, boy. And she even went, and I didn't even care that I was shamed. Dang, dang. I mean, she did it every Sunday. I just walked right by her. Bring your Bible. And use it. Write in it. Someone says, oh, you don't write in the Bible? Well, I do mine. I'm not saying I'm God on that, but I'm just saying there's nothing wrong. I mean, you ought to make notes. I'm going to make some notes about that anyway. But here, here it is. Here's another quick. i got to hurry. You ever just pray and say, God, will you speak to me today? That's simple. Ask God to quiet your hearts. Don't listen to a sermon like it's a speech. You don't listen to a message like that, like a speech, like you're going to listen to somebody give a speech. You listen saying, God, speak to me. I I need something today. Quickly. Take notes. Mark in your Bible. Why? A short pencil is better than a long memory. I think it's good. Uh, We have journals here. If y'all want journal, we can make more. We have really nice Tiftonia Baptist journals. They're spiral bounded. You can write in them. You can put sermons. You can keep it. Bring it with your Bible. And then you can take notes. And then if you need a reference later, you say, hey, I know preacher preach on that later. And you can go back to that and reference it. I do it all the time. It's helpful. I want to just say this, and this is not because of me. Express appreciation to God and the preacher. And this is something that I try to tell people all the time. I preach, you know, I don't know. It varies from year to year, but I don't preach out a lot. I normally preach two two revivals every year, sometimes three, maybe four. I don't go out a lot. But I see this across the country. I really do in the places I preach. Um, This is what most people do when they leave the church. Good sermon. 
That was a good sermon. Wait a minute. I really would like to encourage our church here. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I am trying to help you here. There, I think there's a, a correct way to say that. A good sermon really, that really puts it on the preacher. But if you would put more appreciation to the Lord, you could also help the preacher more. You can do it both, and I think you should. Say, say something like this. Pastor, I just want you to know, God really used that message in my life. I want to thank God for using you. Because see, what you're doing is you're thanking the Lord, but the preacher's the vessel. And then the preacher, if he's really worth anything, he ain't going to look at you and say, thank you. Well, thank you. I really worked hard on that one. No, I'm going to tell you what the preacher should say. Well, praise the Lord for that. Because if it's all said and done, if the word of God is what does the work, then you're just thanking the preacher for being the vessel. He didn't come up with the words. He's just giving the message. So I really, and I love how our church encourages preachers. But preachers, when I bring them in here, you ought to encourage them. Because I want you all to know something. They're human too and they get discouraged. Express appreciation to God and the preachers. Always tell the Lord that you're grateful for what he has said to you. And when someone has been a blessing, appreciate, express that appreciation that someone's been a blessing to you. Quickly as I close the last one. This is simple. Obey the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you. (laughs) Just say yes. Y'all know what the white knuckle syndrome is? I've seen it. I've seen it here. I watched a man came here for weeks and he was sitting back here in the back. And I'm telling you what, he got under such conviction at the end of the messages, he was holding on to the pew in front of him. And I knew what was going on. He knew what was going on. And, and if anybody's anything spiritual knows what's going on, that man was under conviction. But you know what? He walked out of here every service and never did a thing with it. And I know what was going on. The Spirit of God was working his heart, convicting him. And you know what he said every Sunday? No. Now, I know this is the Wednesday night crowd. And I would think that everyone in here tonight is saved. I hope you are. I'm sure you are. I'm looking across this crowd and I know all of you. You all have testimony that you're saved. You're the core of our church. But that also goes not only when he convicts you over salvation, which all of you have already done that, obviously. It also means when you're under conviction, he speaks to you about something in your life, you ought to say yes to him. Because if he loves you enough to speak to you and to put his finger on that, isn't it a shame for us to tell him no? Do you know what makes preaching powerful? Obey it. Obedience. I truly believe that that is the open secret to God's blessing in the Christian's life, obedience. So just some simple things this year as you think about the work of the word of God. We know that the God's word is profitable, makes us wise in salvation. We know it teaches us doctrine. We know that it teaches us, it corrects us, it reproves us. And we know that it instructs us in righteousness. But I'm going to tell you something. If we come to church to hear the word of God preached and we don't put some of these principles and emphasize some of these things in our life, we can sit right here in this building and miss the work of the word of God in our hearts. So let's apply some things to our lives to make much of the word of God. Amen. Let's stand on our feet tonight. Appreciate you being so attentive.
How many of y'all struggling can believe that it's a brand new year? Doesn't time fly? Getting old. This will be 15 years I've been here. February. That, that's amazing. I can't believe that. Probably to some of y'all feels like 30. But y'all know there's been a lot of God's word brought behind this pulpit. So this year, I hope we'll make the most. No matter who's behind here preaching. I hope and pray that we'll put some of these principles in our life. Because the truth there is, the work of the word of God is what we're trying to facilitate. So let's ask God to help us. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight and we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we are thankful for the word of God. I pray you'll help us. Lord, I know we are certainly not perfect. But Lord, we, we know that your word is. I pray you'll help us to apply your truth to our life. Lord, I pray that you'll do wonderful things in all of our hearts and all of our lives. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. Tell somebody you love them before you leave.